There's something wonderful about the day after Christmas, especially this year as it falls on a Sunday morning. The hustle and bustle of Christmas preparation, it's come to an end because Christmas has come. The wrapping paper is mostly picked up, and yet the season is still fresh and exciting. The tree is probably still in relatively good shape. The decorations are still a blessing to see instead of clutter that's in the way. And the gifts are still wonderful and new and fun to have. So we look forward to the day of resting that comes after all the preparation of the weeks before. If Christmas is supposed to bring peace on earth, Today might be the day you actually feel at peace during the Christmas season. And the readings drive us to remember the purpose of this peace. We hear the story of Simeon and Anna greeting and holding the infant Jesus in the temple, rejoicing that they have seen the salvation of God prepared in the presence of all people. They have seen Jesus And after seeing Jesus, they both report that now they can depart in peace. There's nothing else that they could desire of this world. All the things had been accomplished, and they were at peace with God. They had the peace that this child had promised to bring. And that is what makes the Sunday after Christmas so wonderful for us. We're reminded that we are like Simeon and Anna. We gather in the house of God because he has promised for us to see something amazing. He's promised that here he will deliver to you the greatest gift that has ever been given. He's promised that you too will see the salvation of God prepared in the presence of his people. It's a promise that is even greater for us than it was for Simeon and Anna because Unlike Simeon and Anna, who got to see that gift once, we get to come and see that gift week after week after week. Because every time you gather here, you are invited to kneel at the table of God, to extend your hand and reach out and touch your Savior. And in that moment, when you receive the body and blood of Christ, This place is transformed from the church we know and love into the stable in which your hands and mouth become the manger that the Son of God will be laid upon. The Son of God will be placed in your hands, taken inside of you to bring the Christmas peace that only He can bring into your life. The salvation that has prepared in the presence of people is still a revelation to the Gentiles given for the glory of God's people, Israel. This means as you are joined to Christ through his body and blood, you become a living testimony like Simeon and Anna that you have seen the baby. And you get to share that news to those who have not yet seen him. Just like the star that hangs above the first Christmas crash brought magi in from the east to kneel at the humble throne of a crucified king, we get to go out into the world and be that light shining in the darkness, inviting creation to come and kneel before this humble altar to receive the peace that is brought to a world torn apart by sin. You become the shepherds, messengers of peace, proclaiming to the world that Christ 
is born. This message, though, is not always a welcome one. Because we are also reminded in the days after Christmas that the birth of Christ brought peace to earth, but it did not bring peace on earth. For the peace that was brought was the peace that comes with being reconciled to God. It was the end of the warfare between God and his people and the people and their creator torn apart by sin. It was a peace that came through the forgiveness that only God could give as he offered to you life everlasting. This is a peace that is unknown to the world because the world cannot comprehend it and our sin must rebel against it. So in the midst of the celebration of Christmas, we do something a little unexpected. We have a series of days in which we commemorate the martyrs of the Christian faith, those who've died confessing that Jesus is Lord. And these days are celebrated at this time to remind us of why the peace of Christ is so necessary for God's people. Today is not just the second day of Christmas. It's also the Feast of St. Stephen, a feast that most of us know about because we know the Christmas carol, Good King Wenceslas. And the Feast of St. Stephen is always observed on December 26th. It comes with its own customs. In some European countries, this day is marked as a day giving to the poor, providing food for the homeless, eating food that is designed to commemorate this day, and making foot-shaped cookies to eat as you sing the carol. But just who is good King Wenceslas, and why is this day associated with the Feast of Stephen? Well, the good king, whom we know mostly through his carol, is actually based on a real monarch from the early 1900s. Not a king, but instead a duke in Bohemia, in part of the world now known as the Czech Republic. He was a duke raised by his grandmother to become a kind Christian ruler. And it was a task his grandmother undertook because she knew who his mother was and that his mother was a violent and wicked ruler. And she ruled the Bohemia after the death of her husband to her own advantage without care for her subjects. And so the grandmother raised Wenceslas until he was finally able to rule on his own. When he overturned the rules of his mother, undid the laws she had created, and devoted his life to the spread of the gospel among his own people. He was a duke known for generosity and compassion for the people that he had in his land, a beloved ruler that everyone loved until the day his own brother killed him as he was going into church to worship his Lord. And that left him a venerated king, a good Christian ruler, a martyr of the faith. But why is it through good King Wenceslas that we learn about the Feast of Stephen? It is because in the carol, the king is feasting on this day, the day after Christmas, on the martyrdom of Stephen. And in the midst of that feast, he interrupts the feast in order to go and care for a poor man he sees wandering in the distance. He leaves the comfort of his castle to go out into the cold and care for one who has nothing. And he did this in order to confess the Christian faith. And in confessing the Christian faith, he teaches us even more about Stephen, the man actually honored for today. Stephen was a holy man 
chosen to be one of the first deacons to serve in the church. He was given the task of sharing the gospel with the widows, the poor, the orphans, the other people who needed the material care given by the early church. Those demands had become very great upon the apostles. And so when the apostles could no longer do it adequately, seven men, including Stephen, were chosen to assist them in the service. In many ways, they were the first board of elders ever elected to serve in the church. But in proclaiming the message of Jesus, Stephen, like Wenceslas, was put at odds with the world in which he lived. The message he shared, the work that he did, angered the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem. So they put him on trial and decided to stone him for the threatening activities he was doing that threatened and undermined the temple and the national religion of the land. When St. Stephen was declared guilty and given punishment of execution by stoning, it was his reaction to the news that caused his martyrdom to be marked in this season as being honored as the one we remember the day after Christ's birth. Because as he was being stoned to death, he was at peace. He showed no fear, no animosity, no anger, just peace that came from heaven above. He saw his Savior and he uttered the words of Simeon that he could depart in peace. Luke records for us that St. Stephen looked into heaven. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Do not hold this sin against them. What an incredible confession. An incredible way to remember the birth of Jesus. An incredible continuation of the song Simeon teaches us to sing. Lord, let your servant depart in peace. We, like Simeon and Anna and Stephen, we all see the Lord as he comes to bring peace into our lives. And after we receive him the peace that only he can bring through the forgiveness of sins and reconciliation with our Father, it is then that we can have the strength to pray for the forgiveness of others and to be shown the way that we can serve our neighbor in generosity and love as the martyrs in faith have always done. We learn of Stephen and Simeon and Anna, and even Wenceslas on the day after Jesus' birth, because they teach us what Christmas is all about. They teach us of a baby born in a manger and the peace that only he can bring. They teach us of the salvation given by God through his Son to his people. They teach us about lives being transformed because 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem was born a Savior, and he is Christ the Lord. Amen. Now the peace of God who was born in Bethlehem, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.